Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Prophetically, the Holy Spirit told me to read these two verses before I even start my sermon. Can you bring up those two verses there from Jeremiah? Jeremiah chapter 1. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I, God, formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Verse 9 is what this is for somebody here today because God told me, this is you. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. You need to know here today, no matter what rises up against you, God has placed the word in your mouth, the word of his kingdom, and you have the right and the authority as a son, as a daughter of the king of kings to speak to nations, to speak to kingdoms, to speak to situations, and declare this is the word of the Lord. Let the prophets of God open up their mouth and speak his word over your world today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. As a child, I had a tendency to talk a lot. I was obviously called to be a preacher. In fact, not only did I talk a lot, I, I was one of those that liked to also talk back a lot. And in that, my mother gave me the nickname Mr. Mouth. What was pretty awesome is years later, as I grew up, and I started getting the word in my heart, and the word came out of my mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It was a gentleman with Native American heritage that gave me, and forgive me because this is politically incorrect, but gave me my Indian name, my Native American name. And he based it off a missionary. My Native American given name is the man who speaks with full mouth not because I've got donuts in my mouth and I'm trying to talk but, but because this, this missionary brought the word of God to a group of people when they saw him they said this is the man of the book or the man who always speaks with a full mouth I just want to declare this before I even get into preaching here today Whew. God is looking to fill somebody's mouth today with his eternal word I don't know who this is for, but this is your day today. This is your day today. Somebody rejoice that God not only has a word for me, he's got a word from me. Come on, children of God. This is why we can't live in fear. We cannot live slaves to fear. God has called us, ordained us, destined us, and placed us right here, right now for such a time as this. Let me sit in that bridge. I love this. You split the sea so I could walk right through. My fears are drowned in perfect love. Ooh. Somebody help me now. 
you rescued me so I could stand and sing I am a child I want to say it one more time he split those seas come on you split the sea so I could walk right through my fears are drowned in birth hallelujah <laughs> you rescued me Lord you rescued me so I could stand come on declare it I am a child come on say it again say I am a child of God come on I am a child somebody let the kingdom of darkness know you know who you belong to I am a child everything that's attacked your identity and made you feel less than I am a child those people who are still hating on you don't believe in you guess what I am a child come on one more time speak it loud I am a child of God hallelujah yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord the word of God is speaking today somebody say yes in your spirit I know it I know who I am I know whom I believed in and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him oh my God go ahead and stir it up in this place today child of God stir it up in this place today I need somebody to help me agitate the kingdom of hell today just like my children like to agitate each other I'm a child of God I'm gonna agitate the kingdom of darkness and let them know you're not messing with my identity anymore I know who I am. I know who I belong to. I know what he's placed in my hearts. I know what he's destined me for. You're going to rise up in faith today and declare it. I am a child of God. Ooh, praise him. My God. My God. Y'all bringing the Pentecost out of me today. Thank you, Jesus. It's Lord. It's Lord. You, can, you can be seated just for a few moments. Uh, obviously, I anticipate you're going to be back on your feet here pretty soon. Praise the Lord. Let me, sh- let me start with what Elder Welton ministered last week about the kingdom. Understand this gospel of the kingdom is being preached all over the world right now. And Jesus told us it was this gospel message of the kingdom that would be heard in every nation, by every tribe and tongue. And then the end of time would come. Understand, there are people all over the planet right now that are joining this kingdom because this message is getting out there. Where it is outlawed, where it is illegal, where God is sending people to preach his word in places that it is not allowed, this gospel of the kingdom being preached Ooh, what's coming next is about to be amazing mind blowing world changing if I can in honor of the message that Elder Welton ministered last week concerning kingdom 
knowing that my African-American brothers and sisters understand this better than anyone about the oppression of slavery and bondages. I'd like to take it back to the story of the exodus of the children of Israel out of 400 plus years of bondage themselves. Slavery, forced against their will to work for a tyrant. But when you know it, even in the midst of their slavery, God was working and raising up a deliverer. One of their very own that would preach a different message about the kingdom. Let me start with the reference in Exodus chapter 3 where God appears to Moses in what we know as the burning bush. And I don't mean that kind of burning bush. I understand in modern terminology, what the heck is he talking about? There was a bush that caught fire, but it was not consumed. And from this fire, God began to speak to Moses. And he said this in verse 9. Behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. I've heard them. I've seen their oppression. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, my children, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. This is the first time God ever speaks to Moses in the form of fire. Speaking loudly and clearly to Moses, this is what I have for you to do. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of Moses, I usually have these, these grandioso images of Moses in mind. You got that little video for me? I, I love what the school did. I, I often think of, of uh, th- this is what I think of Moses. Boom, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, woo, I want to go to that school, right? Come on, somebody. Right. We think of Moses, we think of the man who stood before the mighty Pharaoh. We think of the man who raised his staff with the Egyptian army behind him and the Red Sea in front. And as he lifted his staff, the sea began to part. And he led the children of Israel, possibly two million plus, on dry ground, across the middle of a sea. We think of Moses, we think of the man who received the Ten Commandments and then got mad and smashed them to the ground. We think of Moses, this mighty, awesome figure. The man who again looked at Pharaoh and said, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go. But do we ever think of the same man who did all these great things was also the man who biblically, possibly, had a speech impediment? We might refer to it possibly as a, as a stutter. He couldn't speak well. In fact, when God tells him, this is what you're going to do, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. You know what Moses' response is? First of all, he says this in Exodus 4.1. He says this, but what if they will not believe me or listen to my voice? What if they won't hear me? What if they say the Lord really has not appeared to you? Can I ask somebody today, just... What excuse are you giving God? What excuse are you giving God? He's called you. He's destined you. He's got a plan and purpose for your life. What excuse are you giving him as to why you can't do it? 
And really, if you could do it without him, is it really his plan and purpose for your life? What excuse do we give God? Moses had an excuse. I can't do this. I, I, I can't. What, what if they don't hear me? Can I just speak to this just for a moment longer? You've got to come out from underneath the what ifs in your mind. In your th- what if? What if? What if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not educated enough? What if they? Let, let, let me put this forward. Deliverers understand. They are always going to oppose what I'm called to do. What if they stand opposed to me? What if they don't hear me? What if they? What if they? What if the government? What if the neighbors? What if my wife? What if they? You've got somebody in your life that you are worried about not fully believing in you, but you've got to understand they're not the one who called you. They're not the one who destined you. They're not the one who's going to get you to the end game. What if they? What if they? What if they? And then he goes on to say this in verse 10. Moses says to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to me. I wasn't eloquent before you started talking, God. I'm not eloquent now afterwards. See, sometimes even, even a, having a, a personal experience with God doesn't change your problems. So check this out. He says this. He says, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Literally heavy of of tongue. Now let me kind of help make sense of what that means real quick, okay? When we look at the story of Moses and he makes his excuse, I'm slow of speech. I'm slow of tongue. I I don't talk good. I went to District 131. I don't talk good. I'll talk to you. Sorry, Mr. Rodriguez. Sorry, sorry. I'll talk to you. I can make all any sort of excuse I want to. I just, I just don't talk to you. You son? I just, I just don't talk to you. The idea here is that rabbis have speculated over centuries. What was Moses' problem? What caused the speech impediment? Did he actually have a stutter? Was it that he just had trouble with his Hebrew pronunciation since he grew up as an Egyptian? Or was it possibly that over the course of time, he had been gone from Egypt for 40 years, that he actually just forgot his Egyptian? I'm more inclined to actually, believe it or not, consider what the, the Hebrew commentaries, the oral traditions of the Hebrew people that were passed down in, in a collection of writings known as the Midrash. The Midrash actually talks of a story with baby Moses sitting on the lap of Pharaoh. Midrash tells us that baby Moses reached for the crown that was on Pharaoh's head and took it off. Now, Egyptian people who are extremely superstitious, including Pharaoh himself, thought this was a sign. And his advisors immediately told him, kill the baby because he will dethrone you. One advisor, though, spoke of and said, He's probably just being a baby. I had four kids. They reached for everything. (laughs) Now, here's what happened. The Midrash goes on to say that they put a challenge forward to Moses. Two golden bowls, one full of jewels and shiny things, and the other full of fiery hot coals. And they presented them to the baby. 
And the baby Moses started reaching for the jewels. But the Midrash says an angel redirected his reach and he grabbed the hot coal instead. When he did it, burnt his hand, then he stuck his hand in his mouth and it permanently burned his tongue. Now, it ain't scripture, so I'm not buying into it as gospel. But if that's what happened, then it only makes sense that when God says, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to speak, let my people go, that Moses would come back and simply say, I can't do it. There's something wrong with me physically. I'm not able to do this. Plus, I'm scared. I cannot do this. But here's what I love about God's response to what Moses tried to excuse himself from. Verse 11, God said, who gave human beings their mouths? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with your mouth. I will be with your impediment. God is telling somebody today, I will be with your issue. I will be with your problem. I will be with your pain. I will be with what you've lost. I will be with your mouth. And I will teach you, teach you what to say. Moses, I'm not only going to be with you, I'm going to be with your mouth. Can I just prophesy over someone's life for just a moment right now? You understand here today, your words carry weight. As a husband, your words carry weight. As a wife, your words carry weight. As a child, your words carry weight. As a parent, your words carry weight. As an ambassador for the King of Kings, your words carry weight. And today, by His Spirit, God is telling somebody, today, don't just surrender your heart surrender your mouth to me that the weight of my glory can be upon your words wait words are so weighty sticks and stones may break my bones and words can always hurt me Before I transition just for a moment, Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for what you are revealing to us. Today you are calling men and women to surrender their mouths. Surrender their very mouths. There is something you are speaking in this day. Let your words now begin to fill our mouth and the weight of glory on those words to bring healing to bring hope, to bring change, to bring victory to this day and age. In spite of every word that's ever been spoken against you that brought you down, I need somebody just by faith right now to speak words of life. Come on, to speak words of life. Right where you sit, over your family, speak words of life. Right where you sit, speak words of life over this nation. Right where you sit, speak words of life over those who cursed you today bless them over those who misused you and mistreated you today it said choose the words of life to those who hate you choose to love them 
to those who despitefully use you. Choose to pray for them. Choose words of life today. Words of life. Words of life. We pray these things in the mighty name of the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Who would just give me about 10 more minutes? Anybody give me about 10 more minutes? All right, 15? 20? I'll stop right there. Take my time, right? Football season's over. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Woo, Jesus. What's about the Rams always getting slaughtered? Oh, you just don't read your Bible. That's all it is. <laughs> they caught it, Miss Stacy. They caught it. Hallelujah. <laughs> if I can shift focus just for a few minutes, I want to take you and build off what Elder Wilton ministered last week. I believe that we are here to fulfill a dominion mandate. Someone say dominion mandate. Come on, say it and make me believe you're actually listening to me right now. Say dominion mandate. I believe God has given us a dominion mandate. Now, this is where I believe it all starts, from the very beginning. Let's go to Genesis 1. Let's just start in the very beginning. It's dominion mandate. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let us make man in our image. What is God? God is spirit. So let us make man in our image. Therefore, man is spirit. Everyone say, I am spirit. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We are spirit. Notice that man is not given a body here. Man does not get his body till Genesis chapter 2. When man first appears, he is just exactly like God. Spirit. Spirit. In Genesis 2, God forms man then out of the dust of the earth. But initially, making him in his image and his likeness means that I am spirit. So Adam had a spirit connection with God the Father. And this is why when God says to Adam, name the animals, Adam can Speak exactly like God does because by the Spirit, He is connected to the mind and the will of God. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, living in this generation and in this time and in this age, you cannot live by your emotions. You cannot live by your desires. You cannot live by what the media mandates. You have to live by the Spirit of God if you want divine revelation from the spirits. I don't know why I did that. So... Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now here it is. And let them have dominion. It's a dominion mandate. Over everything else that I've created, over all creation, let them have dominion. Just the animals? No. The weather. Just the weather? No. Think about it. Anything I've created, they have dominion over. Angels are created. I got dominion. Let me take it a step further. That demon that creeps into your room at night trying to sit on your chest and rob the breath of God from within you, you are to have dominion over everything created. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful, be fruitful, be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful. And if you come to this church for any length of time, this is going to get on you, baby. You will get impregnated by something. It's just going to happen. Be fruitful and multiply. Our nursery grew by 12 kids in 2018. Be fruitful and multiply. That's why we need some nursery helpers. 
Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Check it out now. And subdue it. Dominion mandate. And have dominion over. Have dominion over it. Now, we know that God has dominion over all things. But where does God reside? Heaven. God resides in heaven. You and I, we're here on earth. So what does God do? I'm sitting in heaven, but I have an earth that needs to be ruled. An earth that has to have the dominion mandate placed upon as well. So he creates humanity in his image and in his likeness. See, I don't just look like God. I literally have dominion like God. Oh, I know you don't believe me. So let me keep talking. See, God did not say, let us have dominion. He said, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Can I tell you today that that was God's plan for Adam and Eve? And can I tell you today, that is still God's plan for humanity. Erica reminded me of one of my favorite verses my father taught me as a child. James chapter 1. Verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Check it out now. Who does that come from? Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no change, no shifting shadows, no turning. God remains the same. Jesus Christ said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. What was my plan for Adam is still my plan for Clarence. What was my plan for Eve is still my plan for Thaisi. It is still my plan today. I don't change my mind. See, this is why I take a moment, right? And I always praise God because you are prone to change your mind on me at any moment. You're going to love me one Sunday, but some Sunday coming up, I'm going to preach something that you don't like. I'm going to say something that makes you angry with me. I'm going to step all over your spiritual toes and you're going to be I don't like him no more. I don't trust him no more. I want to go there no more. You change because you are humanity, but I praise God. There is one consistent in my life day in and day out. He is the almighty, unchanging, unending, powerful God. And he stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why I praise him. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. My wife has a right to change her mind anytime she wants to. And she will take that liberty. Come on, somebody. But God does not change his mind. He didn't have to. He already knows the end from the beginning. In whom there is no change, no shifting shadows. God has dominion in heaven. He creates humanity to have dominion on the earth. Then he says to Adam, exercise that dominion. How? How do I do that, God? Do it just like I do. How does God exercise his dominion? Not with his hands. Let there be light. And it, and it was. Let there be fish. And it was. Let there be heavenly bodies. Miss Olga. And it was. <laughs> Whatever God spoke. Someone go hear me in your spirit today. 
Adam's going to have dominion just like me. In order for Adam to have dominion just like me, he's got to do things the way I do them. I don't use my hands to exercise my dominion. I use my words. God speaks. Now, what happens is every time God says, let there be, it was. So Adam, now made in the image of likeness of God, begins to speak. And every time Adam speaks, the earth responds to his words. Everything was perfect. And then came along one who twisted the word. Brought deception to the word. Has God really said? I rebuke every lying demon that has invaded your thought life and made you believe anything less than what God has said. Everything's perfect. And then Adam sins. And subsequently, what happens? Now he's trapped in a world that no longer responds to his words. No longer. Can I take just a moment and tell you, though, where the first Adam messed up? The Bible says there was a second Adam that came along. And just like the first Adam, he was born of spirit first. And then caught a body. The word made flesh and dwelt among us. Oh, and just like the first Adam, everywhere he went, the world had to respond to his words. Oh, this fig tree don't want to produce anything? He speaks to the fig tree and it, it responds to his words and dries up completely. Oh, oh, there's a fever. He speaks to the fever, and it breaks completely. Oh, that boy's demon-possessed. He speaks to the demon, and the demon has to be cast off and removed. We're in the middle of a hurricane. God, we're about to die. Do you not care that we're about to perish? He wakes up and speaks to the storm, and it has to respond to his words. That's not even the best part. Lazarus has been dead for four whole days, Jesus. He stinketh by now. And Jesus says, Lazarus, you have to hear what I say. The world has to respond to my words. Lazarus, come forth. All of creation has to respond to the word of Adam. He says a thing, and it has to happen. He declares a thing, and it has to be so. Here's all I want to tell you just briefly. Everything Adam got me into, the second Adam, Jesus, showed up to get me out of. Somebody take a moment right now and, and praise God according to Romans chapter 5. For if by the trespass of one man, Adam, death had reigned and ruled because of that one man, how much more will those who see, receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Sickness and disease, Adam's fault. The second Adam shows up and says, all sickness. All disease, by my stripes, you are healed. 
racism, segregation, Adam's fault. Jesus shows up and by his blood makes of all nations and all peoples one, one, one race, one people unified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Earthquakes, famines, hurricanes all over the world. Adam's fault. But Jesus shows up and says, time to calm down, baby. Peace be still. Death reigns because of Adam. But the second Adam shows up. And by his resurrection, completely reverses forever the power of sin and death. This is why I praise him. Somebody who understands what I'm talking about, this is why I can't stay quiet and silent. Because everything else I've ever gotten myself into in life... Jesus has made a way where there is no way. Somebody for a moment just shout to the truth. No matter what I've done, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've said, no matter how I've fallen, time and time again, Jesus, the second Adam, reversed everything I got myself into. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the redeemed of the Lord, those who have been bought back, those who have been repurchased, those who belong to God, let the redeemed of the Lord say so today. Hallelujah. All right. Let me, let me, let me calm down. You, you pull it out of me. It's coming. It's going to be? You sit there and stare at me with your arms crossed. So you ain't going to get nothing out of this. But by the Spirit, you're t- tuned into what God is saying by the Spirit today. You will understand the greatest impact that you can make on this planet today is not with your hands. It's with your words. It's with your words. David Smith, the second, let me clarify because there's four of them. He's a man of action. But yesterday, we're sitting there at a ribbon-cutting ceremony, and with his words, he's declaring what's coming next. Those things don't just happen because of his work. It's because of what he's been declaring. And can I encourage somebody right now? It is time for you to stop complaining. It is time for you to stop bickering. It is time for you to stop arguing. You better, if I, can, I don't want to say this like I tell my kids, you better watch your mouth right now. Instead of complaining about things, why don't you start speaking to it? Instead of complaining about your marriage, I need somebody to rise up in your spirit and speak to your marriage. Instead of complaining about your kids, rise up in your spirit and speak over your kids. Instead of complaining about your government, about your president, about your finances, about your bank account, open up your mouth and speak to it. Trust me. I don't care what you feel about the president. He ain't hearing one thing you say. (laughs) Sorry, your complaining ain't getting nowhere. And it's making everyone else in your house upset too. (laughs) Instead, speak to it. Speak to it. Racism is coming to an end. Poverty. Poverty and the poverty mindset is being broken. 
speak to it. Generational curses and generational diseases, hereditary diseases that have been passed. Oh, it's my, it might happen to me. No! I speak to it and say it stops right here. No more drunkards. No more womenizers. No more cancer. No more hopelessness. No more depression. No more emptiness. No more divorce. No more. It stops right here. Somebody open up your mouth and speak to it. Use the dominion God has given you. Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to it. Oh man, I told you I'm gonna be all riled up again. Come The power of life and death has been placed on your words. Proverbs 18:21. It's in the tongue. It's in your words. So let me wrap this up. How many of me went to catch my breath? Come on, Holy Spirit. Notice the sequence. Moses. The first time God speaks to Moses, it's through fire. Everyone say fire. fire. First time God speaks to Moses, it's through fire. Now Moses is then afraid, not just of what he's seen, but what the fire is telling him he's going to do, what he's going to accomplish. How he's going to lead. He hears what God is saying through fire. But he's terrified. What if they won't listen to me? So you know what God does? To repeatedly show Moses that I am with you, Moses. And I am with your words, Moses. God repeatedly uses fire to show Moses I am with you and with your words here comes the Egyptian army from behind ready to destroy you and the Red Sea has not yet parted what does God send to separate the enemies from the destiny fire Fire falls and keeps back the entire Egyptian army for an entire fire. God uses fire to show, I am with you, Moses, and I am with your words. What happens when God ultimately shows up on Mount Sinai to give him the Ten Commandments? He lights up the entire mountain with to show Moses and everyone else, I'm with you, Moses, and I'm with your words. When Korah and Dathan and 250 other leaders rise up against the man of God, because they know better than Moses, because they're smarter than Moses, because they don't have a, a stutter like Moses, they rise up and they say, we hear from God, we know better. What does God send to consume 250 leaders that spoke out against the man of God? Time and time again, God shows them, I am with you, and I am with your words. Not long after these men are consumed by fire, Moses gets a prophetic word in his spirit. And he's looking forward to 2019 somehow. And he says this in Numbers 
chapter 11. I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. You Bible scholars know where I'm headed right about now. Before the old covenant and during the old covenant, Moses prophesied. I wish they all would prophesy. I wish they all would hear from God. I wish they all had a download directly from the throne of grace to speak his words. I wish he would put his spirit on all of them. You know, all you got to do is just fast forward. And how did God show under the new covenant that he was with us and with our words? Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And with the day of Pentecost had fully come... And they were in one accord, in one place. Suddenly, I get all excited about this stuff. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed like tongues of Jesus. Tongues of fire. And it separated and came to rest on Moses. Americans like Old Testament church. We want Moses to do it all. To hear it all. To visit it all. To pray for it all. To minister to it all. To help it all. To pay for it all. But when the Holy Spirit showed up like fire, he separated and began to rest on all. Come on, who feels this in your spirit today? The fire of God resting upon your and the Bible says this, and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. What? Began to. What's my dominion mandate? Not just to do the work with my hands, to do the work with my. Somebody hear me in your spirit today. You are running home with something today. Literally, you're going to be nice to everybody in the car ride home because the Holy Spirit's like fire. Woo. Why does it have to be tongues? Why does it have to be fire? So that every Pharaoh will know when I speak, this is the word of God. Let my people go. Let the drug addicts go. Let the people caught in pornography, let them go. Let the people caught in adulterous affairs, let them go. Let the people caught in unforgiveness, bitterness, rage, envy, strife, let my people go. It's got to be fire. It's got to be tongues. It has to be. Fire and tongues enable me to speak to Pharaoh and say, let God's people. Don't you ever tell me again 
My children will never come to church. My husband will never serve God. I can never reach my neighborhood. I can never change my city. Don't let that ever come out of your mouth ever again. Because it was prophesied. It was believed. It was wished by a man of God named Moses that came to fulfillment 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit of God is resting on you today. Tongues and fire. Tongues and fire. If Moses' mouth was burnt, guess who was the perfect candidate? To be the tongue for the fire. If Isaiah's mouth is touched with the hot coals. Guess who's the perfect candidate to speak for the You know what I'm trying to tell you today? You need to be like Adam. You need to be like Moses. And simply allow the Spirit of God to tell you who you really are. When Moses hesitates out of fear, out of a handicap, out of will they even believe me or receive me, God speaks to that fear with fire. And he says, I don't care what they believe. Believe this. I will be with you. And I will be with your I'm sure Moses looked at his past and said, the reason I'm in the wilderness for 40 years is because I killed a man. I ran from my past. I ran from my sin. Who am I speaking to today? You're still on the run from your past, still running from the things that you did years ago, still fearful it might catch up with you one day. You can think like Moses and say, I'm disqualified. God can't use me. I messed up too bad. I hurt too many people. I did too much wrong. Or you can simply listen to the word of the living God who's always going to look for imperfect, fallen, broken, messed up people with the past. Why? Why? Because you know who's going to get all the glory when somebody who has no right to be speaking his word stands up and says, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go so they can come and worship me. I shouldn't be saying this, but God's getting the glory because he's using someone like me. Stop disqualifying yourself, what God has called you to, from your destiny based solely on what the enemy has made you believe about yourself. Based simply on your past mistakes. Based on your own fear. This is why I started this service by saying, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm going to make sure I stand here so I don't fall. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer a slave to my past choices, my past lifestyle, my past mistakes. I'm no longer under that. Devil, 
a child of God. Who just needs their mouth purified today with holy fire? You just need your words purified with holy fire. From this point forward, I'm looking for a generation of people who will come under the dominion mandate. And you will watch your mouth by just simply surrendering your tongue to God. Or the people who say, that's me, that's me, that's me. I will surrender my mouth to God. No more complaining, no more bickering, no more verbalizing my fear or my worry or my doubt. No, no longer speaking out against my family, speaking out against the people who hurt me. No more speaking out against my government. No more speaking out against my finances. No more speaking out against my pastor. No more of that. I will surrender my mouth to Almighty God. If this is you, just raise your hands high. Raise those hands up there high. I need you to know this here today, right now, as your hands are raised. The choice you are making right now of surrender to God. You've got to know that this is what qualifies you. Not your abilities. Not your oratory skills. Not your good looks or your charm. You know what qualifies you? Your surrender to God. Here I am. I'm available to you. My hands are available. My mind is available. My heart is available. But more than anything, my mouth today. My mouth is yours. My God, something's getting ready to transform in your home today. Literally, you are what you're doing right now by surrendering your mouth to God is you are removing all the negativity, all the destructive power, all the unforgiveness, all the, the hatred, all the, I hate you, I don't ever want anything to do with you, all the, those, those nonsense that leads to slamming doors and, and sleepless nights. You're ending this in your home today just by simply letting the fire of God touch your mouth. Instead, you're actually going to start having peace in your home, hope in your home, joy. How do I know? Because you're going to start speaking these things using your dominion mandate to speak these things. How do I know the, your boss is about to get off your back and give you a promotion? Because you're going to stop bad-mouthing him, and you're going to start speaking. He needs me. I'm a blessing to this company. God's going to advance me. He's going to promote me, and then I'm going to leave and start my own business, and God's going to bless that as well. Instead of saying, I, I need this addiction. I need this habit. It, my mind needs it. My, my, my nerves need it. I, I don't know how I can live without it. Instead, you're going to speak, I am an overcomer. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, my addiction to unforgiveness, my addiction to gossip. My addictions are broken in Jesus' name. And I am free. I am free. My addiction to prescription drugs, something I was told that I need. May His Holy Spirit fill me always. Fill me always. Now, don't you twist what I'm saying. 
I'm not telling you to give up stuff God has told you you need to do. Hello, somebody. What I'm simply saying is no longer speak. I'm sick. I'm defeated. I'm depressed. I'm less than. Surrender your mouth to God. And can I encourage you from this moment forward? When God starts promoting other people around you because they are taking hold of their dominion mandate, do not ever speak out against the promotion of your brother or sister in Christ. And then delay your own promotion. I need somebody to help me out. Come on, somebody help me out. I don't care what color you are. If God's promoting you, God's going to get the glory from it. I want to celebrate it with you. My God, if we're ever going to get a woman president, I pray she's godly. That way my nation can't be godly. God promotes somebody. You can't stop it anyway. See, so you might as well say, well, praise the Lord anyhow. My time is coming if I watch my mouth. You are not disqualified because of your past. You are not disqualified because of your impediments. You are not disqualified because you're not Elder Welton. Because you're not Dylan Becker because you're not as awesome at the keys as Miss Carla. You are a child of God. And the sooner you start believing that and speaking that, let me wrap this up. Just hear me in your spirit. Just hear me in your spirit. Moses says, my past disqualifies me. My impediment disqualifies me. God says, instead of thinking about your past and about what's wrong with you, how about you consider I've been shaping you from before you were formed in your mother's womb. I already know my plan for your life, Moses. And ultimately, that same faithful God who took a man who couldn't speak under the new covenant, Stephen begins to preach about the same man who stuttered. And in Acts chapter 7, Stephen says that Moses was a man who was mighty and powerful in speech, in his words, in his words. A man who chose not to get hung up on his imperfections, but instead surrender his mouth, his will, his words to the Lord. We always remember. We don't think about his stutter. We think about his speech. We think about his life. We think about what God did to him. I need to know, is there anybody in this room who believes God has given you a voice to speak to this generation? Anybody in this room who believes you've got something to say to this era? The reason that you are alive today is because there is something you are meant to speak into this world. If that's you, one more time, just raise your hands up high. Heavenly Father, like fire, 
I pray the Spirit of God fall upon every yielded, every surrendered, every submitted heart, every submitted mind, and every submitted mouth. Fall like fire upon us today. And may we walk out of this place declaring, this is the word of the Lord for my children. The word of the Lord for my marriage. This is the word of the Lord for my family. This is the word of the Lord for rural Illinois. This is the word of the Lord for the United States of America. This is the word of the Lord for 2019. Declare with me, in this place, we are submitted to the word of God. My mouth is submitted to the word of God. I will no longer speak the lies of the enemy. I will no longer speak doubt or fear or worry or condemnation. I will speak what the Lord tells me to say. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurcharora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact. Thank you.